This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we discuss transitioning from RMA medevac pilot to aviation entrepreneur with Rob Wright. But before we begin, a few announcements. If you have any questions, comments, or inspirational stories, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, the 2020 scholarships guide is available. We have over $120 million in scholarships. And uh, in the August guide, we have 52 new scholarships with 50 updates. You may get one for free by using the coupon code PAYITFORWARD. It's all one word, PAYITFORWARD. And uh, if you want to look into the Pay It Forward program, go click on that, Pay It Forward. Also, we're doing a series in the as far as the interview course that we have, the pilot interview course. You know, through my career coaching, I have about 500 different questions that I have for pilots for various airlines, 135, 91, 121. And this series is just those questions. Every week I put out a question. Latest question was in, in episode seven is, where is the final approach fix on the ILS? Uh, we go a deep dive a little bit more on this one. So it's about 12 minutes long. I try to keep them to about five to seven minutes. Anyway, onto the show with me is Rob Wright, who's an Army medevac pilot joining us. Uh, I guess I can tell where where you are in Germany. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Rob. Hey, glad to be here, Carl. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on the show. Big fan. Um, so longtime listener, first time uh, guest. Awesome. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. Rob also is uh, quite the entrepreneur and podcaster himself. Uh, he's in Army Aviation. But before we get into that, one of the things that I've noticed with most people on this podcast or who listen to this podcast is they're very much passionate about aviation. So I was kind of curious, how did you kind of grow your interest and your passion for aviation? Well, glad you asked that. It's a uh, it's a little more unique than maybe... Uh the average individual listener, or maybe not so much. Uh, but it seems like on all the uh, aviation podcasts that I like to listen to, most everyone is, oh, I was a kid. I looked up in the sky. I saw an airplane. I knew I had to do it. And that is not my story at all. Um, so I, I wanted to be um, in the army for, you know, on and off for for generally my entire time in, as a child and into more adolescence. And so I ended up deciding to uh, apply to the United States Military Academy at West Point. And so when I got there, you know, you have 17 branches in the Army to choose from. And so you've got to figure out what you're going to do. And so during the cadet training in my going in my sophomore summer, we got to ride in the back of a Chinook and a Blackhawk. And they were banking on the Hudson River. And I was just like, you know what, this is this is pretty cool. Like I could see myself doing this. So I started doing a little research in it. And then the next summer I went to Fort Bragg and I shadowed, it's one of the other summer training events you have to do It's basically I shadowed a platoon leader, which is a Lieutenant in the army. And the culture wise, I, I was a fit. I liked what they did. It was really fun. I got to do a lot more uh, flying in the back and I just decided this is what I'm going to put in for. And so I ended up branching aviation uh, out of West Point and then reported down to Fort Rucker where we the Army does their flight training. And that's been a wrap ever since. And so ever since I've started flying, I've just really grown to love it more and more 
Um, but I definitely don't have the normal experience. I was kind of pushed into it by exposure. Uh, I never had anyone growing up that's like, let's go out for a flight or, or do this. I'm not from an aviation family at all. I kind of found it on my own by chance. And if I wouldn't have been in the army, I definitely wouldn't have been flying right now. Yeah, I love that story because a lot of people, they think that everybody is who's on the show went from when they were two years old, and uh, some people fall into it, and that's a great example. I know I spoke with uh, Krulak, who is a commandant of the Marines, his pilot, and he said the same thing. He's like, it just happened, and sometimes these things happen in life. Our our passions just fall into us. You know, They fall into our laps, and that's terrific, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you said that because you don't necessarily need to be somebody who dreams about flying from the minute they were born to actually have a passion for something. It can develop over time, like like with yours, through discovery. I had, yeah, I had no idea that that I would become so interested into it um, and so passionate about it. And one of the things, because you you can be you could be forty right now, thirty. You could be in high school or you could be a 10 year old. It doesn't matter. You can choose to get into aviation at any time. And and one of the things that's really drawn me in since I've stopped playing competitive sports is the fact that aviation is a profession where you actually have control of your skill and mastery. And that can be objectively determined um, and evaluated through set criteria. There's there's not a lot of gray area or guesswork. There's practical test standards. Um, that, did you grease the landing? Like you can feel it in your proprioceptive sensors. And I just love that so much because it's competitive. It's a challenge. And although we're not all going to be, you know, Amelia Earnhardt or Chuck Yeager very little I feel like has to do with your stick ability and a lot more has to do with your mental ability and how you prepare for flights. And we can talk a little bit that more when we talk about army aviation and the dynamic environment that we operate in. I love how you put that though. It really is more about here, the cerebral part that's more important because, you know, 90% of your training in the beginning is all stick and rudder. Then after that, the rest of it's up here. It's up in your mind. I'm pointing to my head right now. And it's all developing that over time. And to this day, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. I still learn every time I go out there. I learn something new. Uh, it's hard uh, for some people to realize that. But when you master something, you actually uh, you continually learn, right? And the same thing with Army aviation. One of the things that I think people don't know about is what I think there's a lot of people that don't understand what it is Army aviation is and what a medevac pilot is. So those are two things. So first of all, what is Army Aviation and what is their primary goal or objective? So Army Aviation was basically instituted in the 40s. And the goal is, and our primary purpose is to serve the needs of the ground force commander. So that's the primary. We're an enabler. That's the reason we exist. The primary is the other combat arms branches, armor, infantry, artillery. And we exist to expand the reach of the commander on the ground, get him farther reach, and also, you know, provide that critical life-saving capability. So we expand his reach. We make them more lethal and more vulnerable. We augment with attack helicopters. We provide lift, and we provide the aeromedical support. So in all facets of the uh, battlefield, we're, we are a force multiplier for the ground commander. And a part of that is the medevac pilot. Now, I know quite a few medevac pilots, and uh, I hear the stories, and sometimes I think, oh, my God, that's nuts what you guys do. Uh, but that's a, it's, it's one of those jobs where, 
from what I can tell, there's a lot on the line and you feel as if you are the one that can make a huge difference and you truly are saving lives. Yeah, absolutely. That That is one of the coolest things about since I've started doing medevac mission is that every time that you're on duty, essentially, even in a training environment, you're performing your real life mission in that role. Whereas in a lot of other mission sets, you're just practicing. Um, so we're, we're getting to execute that when we go to training center rotations or regular installation medevac coverage. And, and for the listener that's not familiar, you know, medevac coverage, so you're talking air ambulance pilot or EMS pilot. And so I haven't actually done that for all that long, just over a year. Um, I'm by trade, uh, my MOS or military occupational specialty, I'm a standard Blackhawk pilot. So I've operated in the lift community doing what we call air assaults or what a lot of people will get a joke out of this glorified taxi drivers. So we're that extended reach for the ground force commander. So we move people, parts and equipment places whether internally or externally loaded, so like sling loads or anything like that, we move them across the battlefield. Um, but then based on where I PCS to here in Germany, the unit here was medevac. So I've gotten the opportunity to do both, which is not totally rare, but uh, it is unique and it's expanded my view and it, it's been pretty cool. And we really appreciate what all our Army aviators and all the folks in the service do, especially our medevac pilots. One thing, though, there's challenges, rewards. The challenge that I think, from from what I can tell, is that you are so, you're very mission driven as a medevac pilot, and you're one of the things that you can run into is is going into a situation where you can actually cause harm to yourself because you're so focused on that mission. Talk a little bit about the challenges and, and, and to that point. Uh, also, some of the things that are rewarding. Well, you know, that's a that's a great point, Carl. And and a lot of people will get this and, and listen to a lot of your formal guests. There's there's always pressure to accomplish the mission, especially when when it matters, when things are going to be impacted. That that's both on the lift side, so the air assault side, that's on the attack side, and that's especially in the critical care world. Um, so there's always pressure to get it done, but the army and, and military services do a really good job of um, risk mitigation and risk management through our briefing processes and through our training. So we go through extensive recurrent training. We go through uh, extensive annual evaluations. Not that other companies don't do that, but the military is, you know, extremely detail oriented in that as well as just to go out on a standard flight. Not only do we do all the normal pre-flight, I mean, there's a detailed briefing process that we have that we go through with what's called an MBO, a mission briefing officer. And then based on the risk level that's assessed, we have to go through with a final mission approval authority, which can be a commander either at the company or battalion or brigade level, depending on the risk, or even all the way up to the commanding general level, just depending on what you're doing. Are you doing overwater ops? Are you doing seats out? Are you doing live hoist? All those things become, and, and they all have to be mitigated. Um, so, for example, I'm going on medevac duty actually in a couple days. And one of my criteria was, unless you have an urgent patient, you're not going to go below um, 1,003 weather. So, 1,000 feet ceilings, three miles visibility. But if it's urgent, I can go down to 702. And, and so, that's just like based on my appetite, based on how they feel about the success and my familiarity with the area. 
and just what the aircraft can do and what's smart. Because there is ground evac options, they just take longer. This is actually a fascinating topic for another aviation podcast is, is going through that whole process of risk mitigation in the military. And I think that's a, actually a great uh, teaching tool for those that are wanting to go into EMS in the civilian world because there is a similar environment, except no one's shooting at you, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Um, so we get some great training with, with that. And I think that's why, you know, military aviators from any branch are, are very marketable on the outside is because of the rigorous training that we go to. And it's, you know, on the civilian side in GA, you think about personal minimums, and but you never have anybody over your shoulder, you know, looking at every single thing you're doing. And that's kind of the uh, way we grow up uh, as, as aviators in the military. And one point I want to make, too, is that for those that are thinking about becoming EMS pilots as a civilian, this is a great way to go about it, is going into the Army. I'll tell you why. You get paid from the day you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that is the coolest thing. I mean, from the civilian side, it's it's so foreign to us. And, and I think that's wonderful. You pay for your training. You get paid while you're in there. You get all these benefits. So really, and especially in this environment, it's a great option is going into military aviation. Before we go into your entrepreneurial spirit, I do want to ask you one thing about military aviation. What do you think is maybe your favorite thing uh, about what you do in the military? You know, I, I think it's just the customer interaction that you get, and we call customers, but but the ground force essentially, because you get to work with so many different units, and when you do work with those units, they are extremely grateful because, um, you know, even in the military, it sometimes becomes very rare for you know your your lower grade junior enlisted soldiers. They may ride on an aircraft once in their career, or maybe never. Um, and so sometimes you are actually the highlight of a training event for a unit, or you know downrange you can specifically be that real difference maker on the battlefield. And the the guys that you support are always they're just the best, and and they're really thankful and appreciative and it just makes you feel good to be able to support. Um, and I know you mentioned a little bit, some of the challenges, you know, army aviation being unique in that we're almost all rotary wing exclusively. There are fixed wing, but if you want to fly fixed wing, do not join the army because that is very rare. Um, some people do actually get to do that, but you know, some of the challenges, especially coming from the commissioned officer side is, is the balance of regular military work or, or staff work. You know, I, I use the comparison. You've got the Air Force, which exists for air dominance, period. So everything in the organization is made to support the aviators. In the Army, we are made to support the ground force. And so everything, all of the Army's rules, all of the ranges we have to shoot, all of the trainings we have to do. Um, we're not always protected in that manner. So there's still that balancing act that comes. You're not just going to be flying all the time. You, you have to balance regular military staff work that you have to do and just regular things that soldiers have to do. So my primary job is not just flying every week. It's a staff officer for 7th Army Training Command. I get to fly on the side, and, and that becomes a real interesting thing to balance as you get higher in grade with where's your time at? How long have you been out of the cockpit? How do you manage that risk? How do you stay current? How do you stay with your peers? And we have that thing you mentioned earlier as a warrant officer is as you start to go up, 
uh, you come out of flight school, you guys are both the same, you know, while you're both junior grade. And as, as, as you start to go forward in your career, there becomes a very big progression in, in who's more proficient. Uh, and I'm kind of at that point where it starts to make a difference because I'm, I'm not in the cockpit as much anymore. And, you know, I hear this all the time from people that say that as you move up, you, you move away from the cockpit. You move up, you move away. And I think that's a good analogy. That's usually when people start rotating out of the military uh, is at that point. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about, more about what you're doing next. But as far as Army aviation, is there anything else we want to talk about before we move on to the next thing that you've been involved with? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm extremely grateful that, that I kind of fell into it. And, and, you know, like I said before, I never would have thought flying was the answer for me. I always kind of thought, Hey, those guys, those jets up there, they're doing the same thing every day. And that, and that's not at all true. It's a very dynamic environment. It's a competitive outlet for someone that's type A. If you, if you like data and analytics and, and you want to be ahead of the aircraft, but you're also an agile thinker that can respond to things, there's just limitless potential for you to become and try to become a master and get better on every flight. And that's just what drives me all the time. Well, it's a good thing to drive you. And I think that's uh, a good thing to have that competitive spirit, especially in what you do. You know, one thing that is really good about your situation, it gives you some time to do other things. And not only do you work in the army, but you have this entrepreneurial spirit and Part of that is what we're going to talk about today, that something that you've developed, uh, a software interactive service, uh, and that's actually the Pilot Pipeline. So tell us a little bit about the journey there to this product and how you came up with it. Yeah, so, so you know, I always thought that, that I would be in business after whenever I separated or retired from the military, I was going to be an entrepreneur or work for a Fortune 500 company. I always thought that that's, you know, because that's a dynamic environment as well. And so I, I have started several businesses, even since I was a kid, you know, you have your lawn business when, when you're in high school and you just move on. And so this, this pilot pipeline is, is about the second or third software product that, that I've been a part of and, and done. And so pilot pipelines, a software as a service or SaaS platform. And what we built it for, um, is to serve as an automated career management platform for pilots and, it's not designed to replace you, Carl. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I, I tell my wife that every day. <laughs> Please don't replace me. <laughs> That's what all the pilots are hoping right now. But yeah, it's a uh, it, it, it's a software platform that that helps guide individuals. It's not uh, ever really meant to replace consulting. The one on one, you know, consulting can't be beat, in my opinion. Um, so design it's designed to meet current or aspiring pilots at whatever experience level they have and help them achieve whatever their aviation uh, goal is through a variety of features. So the main one, um, and the great thing is about it that we have a freemium uh, account. So you get a couple of these features for free right off the bat, but career planner is our main feature. And essentially when you come in, we ask you a lot of survey questions and figure out where you're at in your journey. And once you do that, we will populate all the available pathways based on your preference and where you're at. And on that career planner, we will also give you a earnings forecaster, which tells you how much it's going to cost to get the ratings you need for what you've selected, as well as how much you could potentially earn based on your desired retirement age. And that is all totally free. So um, if you think about 
kind of like how many regulations are out there and how many, it's not just, Hey, what's the requirements to get my PPL? It's what to expect on your first flight. It's what to expect on your check ride. What's the basic equipment that I should think about purchasing? What's the pros and cons? We have all of that information in our system. Um, our content is what's extremely valuable in there. It's concise, it's consolidated, and it's exactly what what you need and want to learn. So if you took all the articles on the internet and just smashed them into like a consolidated flowchart for someone, that's exactly what we're trying to make it easy for people to understand exactly what they need to do and how to get there. That's you know it's great to have that tool and you know I wish I had that when I started out and and that's one of the reasons we started this podcast is we want to help people in their direction. Uh, I'm looking at your website. It's also it's very easy to look at. It's easy to navigate and has some really good information. I like the whole fact that it's it's free at first. You can uh, dip your toe in and it's it's actually something for all different levels and from all different levels. You know, like you just said, uh, whether you're coming from army aviation or you're a student pilot just trying to figure out if you want to move forward in your career. I like the earnings potential one. That's good because I, I, th- that's something I think a lot of people don't like to talk about sometimes, and I love that that part of it. So as far as progressing forward with this product, where are you as far as in, in the develop? Are you in the development stage? Are you in the final production stage? It's actually live. Uh, we're in the production stage. We have users that are currently using it. Um, it's not beta, it's post beta right now. Um, so it's live, it works great. What we are doing is we're in that kind of uh, ex- exploratory phase. And so we're seeing what users are doing, we're, we're getting feedback, and we've got a roadmap of the next set of features that, that we want to develop. Um, so we have an idea of what users think are valuable. And those features that, that right now aren't even developed. Those are going to be the paid features later. So we wanted to get the base out there, get feedback, let people use the product and, and validate it. And then later uh, continue to work on it and hopefully be a game changer for, for the industry in the way that we can promote aviation and, and lower the barriers to entry for folks that want to join. Another thing that you didn't mention, I think is a really good thing to look at is you uh, actually have a little blog part of it that has some really good information in there. Things about how to finance your flight training and, uh, you know, study materials. I love that one. Uh, really good stuff. And also passing your check ride. I think that's really cool. And some other, obviously some instructional things uh, as far as uh, the pilot pipeline is concerned and your EFB. So good stuff that's out there. I'd like people to go out there and, and check that out because you'll learn something. That's for sure. And it's free. Exactly. We got a ton of free information on the front side of the site and all it takes is a quick sign up to it's that times 100 Carl on the backside in terms of the amount of information that's there and easily navigatable for, for individuals. Um, you know, and, and one of the things is it's, it's not a recruiting tool for any particular aviation field. It is, Hey, do you want to explore the military options? Do you want to explore the civilian options? Do you want to explore the helicopter or airplane options? It's we're just trying to get people into whatever they think that they'll want to do. And some of that is going to drive when you pull it up, say you're a student pilot, you're going to see the cost practically for training is zero going into the military. And it only delays your timeline. If your goal is to fly for Delta, say it only delays you by so many years and overall earnings, when you factor in all your military, is is really no different. So it, it kind of puts out some of those things you may not 
think through um, and provides options for individuals that may not know that they're out there. I think that part is really awesome. And because uh, that, I have to say, that's one of the things that, especially in all the career coaching that I do, that we don't look at and is the total, you have to have, take a holistic view. And that's what this is doing is taking a holistic view of your progression in your career. And it really lays it out. So some people don't do that. I think that's really important. And that's where the planning comes in. And this is a big part of that planning. A great tool uh, also helps you, I think stay motivated because a lot of times when you measure your progress i think it keeps you really motivated so how about that part of it how many as there what other features are there in letting me know where i am in my progress well the great thing about the the career planner is it has an overall you know percentage tracker um and, and lets you know every step you need to complete and what you need to do to do it and you get to mark that and see where you're at in your journey and you can reset it you can play around with it um, but one of the uh, features that we have is, is what we call timeline assistant. And essentially, you're able to say you want to get your private pilot's license. You click the button, uh, you tell them what date you want to have it done by. And essentially, all of those tasks that you have to do to become a private pilot, it generates into a consolidated list and you can track those. So when you have to do your three landings at night, when you have to do your, you know, 10 controlled landings at a controlled airport and all those different things, all that's trackable. And we have other events like uh, military transition. So if you're get, choosing to get out of the military, it's going to give you every single thing you need to do from picking up your records to prepping your resume to um, just all kinds of information. And, you know, it, it allows you to stay motivated, like you said, and, and kind of track what you're doing. And so that's one of the features we already have right now. We're adding content to the timeline assistant. And then also we're going to have some future features that get exactly at what you're saying in terms of, you know, success messages, notification badges, and kind of the uh, community interaction uh, that you talked about. How about the person that's thinking about this as more of a hobby or or a part-time career? Uh, would this be something that applies to them? It actually would. Um, so obviously our pathways are built for someone that is pursuing it as, as a professional, as, as their sole job, but it doesn't make any of the information uh, less relevant. Obviously, if you're choosing to continue to work a certain job, the timeline estimates aren't going to be as accurate because you're not devoting you know, your full timeline uh, to it. So it's going to take you longer to reach 1,500 hours to get your ATP if you eventually want to do that. So it absolutely, all the information is extremely relevant and someone could use that just knowing that, hey, I, and we may add a uh, timeline, but it's just, uh, we may add a career path for the part-time uh, person, but, you know, the information is is still great for those individuals. So if I might, can I make a suggestion? I would do that because there are so many people that want to do this as a second career or, or a part-time career. Uh, so there it is. Free advice as we're on. I was kidding. The, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's that that's one of the great things about our software is that, you know, we built it in a dynamic way that we can take feedback and build new careers and op opportunities very quickly. And, and we don't think it's just, uh, applicable to pilots. We, we want to expand into flight attendants. We want to expand in air traffic controllers and talk about how you can do that and provide that data. If someone goes in there and think they maybe want to be a pilot, but 
I see it only takes so many years to be an air traffic controller and they get paid really well, uh, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't wait to see that part of it too. So we'll definitely have to have you on once you uh, finish all those careers, Uh, engineering, even being a flight attendant. People forget that that's a pretty good job, Uh, great benefits and the pay is not so bad. Uh, And the barrier to entry is fairly low, big customer service uh, background, that type of thing. Really great product. I mean, this is awesome. Um, So what else can we talk about on the product before we talk about what's next with you, Rob? Um, Just, you know, with the product, it's it's free. That's the way that we intended for it. You know, in the future, there's iterations that we're going to build on um, to potentially promote a, you know, job marketplace. And so our long-term goal isn't to make a ton of money or try to get it off of the pilots. It's basically providing the pilots value. And in the long run, companies are going to want access to highly qualified candidates. And so it's a long run play for us. So um, I think that's something to consider is we're we're pretty early here. And so it's going to be free for quite some time. Um, and there's a lot of great information on there. So I'd encourage anybody that that wants to get free information that that's written by a really good team. We've got one of the top content producers in, in my opinion, in, in kind of the aviation space, uh, Jason Depew, he, he writes a lot for TPN. I, I know you, you're familiar with him, uh, Carl yeah. as well. So he's really helped us a lot with the content and the shaping of the product. And so it's been really great to work with him. Um, so I would just encourage anybody to get up there and be open-minded. You never know something, some other career path. The military pays you extremely well for the time that you're in and you may get in and absolutely end up loving it. Um, so don't mark anything out and just be creative with the solutions that you can use to fund your flight training and be open to other possibilities. Cause the military is absolutely a, a great option. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you coming here today and talk about the pilot pipeline. And I'm glad that you mentioned the military because I think that is a great option for people. Again, especially now during this period, uh, really moving forward with their career. It's something that the government can pay for all your training. And then they get paid while they're doing it. So it's, it's a great, great option. Also, Pilot Pipeline, what a great uh, product. Haven't gotten really deep into it yet, but so far the the surface that I have scratched looks wonderful and I can't wait to see uh, what's coming up next. Speaking of which, uh, being an entrepreneur and being a pilot, that those are two things that you see a lot of times because there is a lot of free time. So what's next for Rob? Well, you know, right now I am having a pretty good time in the military doing doing my job and, and continuing to fly. Um, so I've got some time left to figure out, uh, you know, if I'm going to essentially go to retirement or if I'm going to get out. So I've got a couple years before uh, I'm going to decide that. I have a few things that I'm going to try to do, organizations that I'm going to try to be a part of and jobs that I'm going to get. So we'll have to check back in in a couple years and see, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm staying in or, or getting out, you know, uh, I just love to fly. And one way or another, I'm, if I'm staying in, I'm obviously going to stay flying. And if I get out, I'm still going to fly for a living. So uh, I really enjoy it that much, uh, kind of like I told you before. So I don't know what's exactly next for me. I've I've got a couple years to try to figure that out on the military side. So we'll see. We'll see what that holds for me. I've always said, if I'm having fun, 
I'm going to stay in. That, that's kind of the motto that I've had so far. Hey, that's my motto with everything in, in any of our careers. I think it should be yours too, those that are listening. And Rob, uh, we really appreciate your service. We also appreciate you coming on here and being so motivational about the careers in aviation and also this product that you've put out there, Pilot Pipeline. I think it's a great product that most people should go out there and check out. Uh, it's free and it's also got some great content. Uh, everybody should check out some of the blog posts because that's written very, very well. And one of the things that I really think is important about you, Rob, is is the fact that you're happy and the fact that you also found this career later in life. And uh, and I think that's terrific that you were able to tell your story and, and share it with us today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I enjoyed coming on and, and getting to share share my story and hopefully inspire some other people and, and open their eyes to some things that they may not have known about, whether it be the military or, or Pilot Pipeline. And, and you can check that out at uh, pilotpipeline.com. Uh, able to check that out and we, you can follow us on any of the social media and we'd love to see you on there and, and help us continue to, to grow that company so we can help other aviators get inspired and, and join us. Pilotpipeline.com is the website and we're with Rob Wright, Army aviator and medevac pilot and also entrepreneur and developer of uh, software, a great product, pilotpipeline.com. One of the things that I think that's really important for all of us to realize during this tough time, but in general in our careers, is that we need to have tools to help us, whether it's through the career coaching that we do, the scholarships guide, pilotpipeline.com. We need those tools. We need help. And we need to use those tools consistently. But if you don't use it consistently, you're not going to move forward. And that's why it's important that after you're done with this podcast, after you're done listening, you just don't stop there. What I want you to do is keep moving forward. Take action today. Go out, check out their website, pilotpipeline.com. Call a friend. Maybe you want to write something down. But the most important thing that I want you to do, I want you to take action and take that one step towards your career and your life goal. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.